on you solely because of where you are from, the nation you are from. Pertaining to the temple of God, Gentiles were only permitted in the outer courts. There was a limitation on them because of their nationality. Of They were not Jews, so you can only come this far. You can only experience this much. And that was as far as you were allowed to go. But, but not so in this mystery. Not so in this uh, body of Christ, this one body called the church. There are no limitations. There are no restrictions for admittance. Uh, because all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, and so everyone is in the same boat, and it doesn't matter what nation you're from or what language you speak, everyone is welcome to partake of the wells of salvation that are destined for the church. And so hence the mystery, the mystery of no walls, no barriers, no divisions among people. But we are all part of one body. And aren't you grateful that this mystery of God was revealed in due time and that you were permitted to enter into this thing called the church, the bride of Christ. The church is the most blessed place on the earth. And all the earth, why would you not want to be a part of the church, the mystery that God had from the beginning of time? doesn't matter how bad things get in life if you are part of the church of the living God. You are blessed. And you'll get through whatever you are going through because the eyes of the Lord are upon you and upon the people that are in his church. And so that is why when looking at the prophecies concerning the coming Messiah, as we mentioned last week, Isaiah 9 and 6, we found a gap right in the middle of a verse. And not a small gap but a rather large gap, a gap of over 2,000 years right in the middle of the verse. And we saw from what uh, Isaiah's viewpoint, we saw between basically what he saw was those two mountain peaks, uh, the birth of a child and the, the government being upon his shoulders and him ruling as king in Israel, uh, what he did not see was the gap in between those two mountain peaks. It was over 2,000 years, and it still hasn't even happened yet. And Jesus was, went to the manger and to the cross, but he hit pause on the time clock so that he could reveal his mystery, the church that he had hid from the beginning of time. And the day is coming where Jesus is going to hit the play button and he will return to the earth and claim his throne and rule the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords from his throne in Jerusalem. But Isaiah could not see this gap. Isaiah could not see this gap and many Old Testament prophets could not see this gap of time because they didn't know uh, that God would hit pause in the middle of their verse. God did, they did not know that God would hit pause. On one plan, he would hit pause and then he would go to another direction and he would reveal another plan. He start unfolding this plan of the church. Let me hit pause on the Jews, hit pause on Israel, hit pause on Isaiah 9-6, and let me go over here and let me start something over here, this thing that I have hid for thousands from the beginning of time. And so you mean to tell me that God can multitask? 
How can God do two things at once? How can he have two plans going on together? Uh, God can be forming and developing the nation of Israel for thousands upon thousands of years and all to get to one point in time and to hit pause. And then he goes over here and he starts the church. Something completely different. And then he can come back to Israel and hit play again if he wants. You mean to tell me that God can do that and uh, he can do all that and not tell people about his, his plan, his mystery that had been hid from the beginning of time? You mean that God can drive two trains on two different tracks at the same time? He can have a plan for Israel and hit pause on it, and he can start a new plan called the church and let that plan finish first and then come back and hit play on Israel and let Israel's plan play out. I do that all the time. I start a project, get about halfway done, and go start a new project while that one lays there unfinished. Got all kinds of those things laying around the house. And so I finished this product project while this one is, I started first, but hey, this one's caught my attention. I got a brand new idea or whatever. And hey, something new to do. Leave that, let cobwebs come on that, and uh, let me focus on this. And, um, and then once I finish this, my wife prays that I come back and finish this. <laughs> I feel like I'm not alone in this. So um, there's, been, um, there's been sitting one there unfinished, and for God knows how long. That, but if, if I can do that, if I can do that, why can't God do that with the nation of Israel? Why can't God say, Isaiah 9, 6, you see a child being born, uh, unto us a son is given. Uh, pause. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And of the increase of his government shall be no end. 2,000 years and counting hit pause. We've always thought that Israel was plan A because he started it first. But Paul tells us from the beginning of the world he had a mystery uh, that was hid in God. The plans for the church were on God's desk even before he spoke to Abram. The prophet Daniel saw how the rest of time would play out, but there was something that he did not see that God said, don't worry about it, Daniel. It's not for you to know. Just uh, won't worry about it. It will remain a mystery to you. That is for the latter days. It doesn't pertain to you, Daniel, so don't worry about it. You know what that was, was the church. Daniel was asking about these the end times and how, what all this means and and God, God says, Daniel, don't worry about it. That's for the latter times. Daniel could see the next 2,500 years, but he couldn't see the church. It was a mystery. It was beneath the clouds. Under there, God had a plan that was hidden from the beginning of time. Just like there was a gap of time in Isaiah's prophecy that he could not see, there too is a gap of time in Daniel's vision that he had no clue was there. Because you and I can see it uh, because the mystery has been revealed, but Daniel could not see it. Now that you're all experienced gap hunters and verses, let's see 
if you can spot the gap of time as we read through it. But uh, first, let me give you the context so that you can understand what we're reading and looking at and see if we can find the gap. Daniel 9 and 2, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the numbers of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So Daniel, remember, Daniel's in Babylon. He was one of the first ones taken out, a captive, as Nebuchadnezzar came back three times taking prisoners. Daniel was the first to go in 605 B.C. And remember, the rest of the nation did not get conquered and the, the temple did not get destroyed until 586. So uh, Daniel was in Babylon 19 years before a lot of people even uh, got there. And the clock, the clock really didn't begin until 586, the 70 years that he's talked about. But he's, in, uh, he's here in Babylon, still in Babylon, and he's reading the books. He's reading the scribes, and he's reading the words of Jeremiah the prophet. And he comes to the point where it says, where Pro, uh, Jeremiah said 70 years is given for the desolation of Jerusalem. Seventy years would uh, Israel be captives in Babylon. In verse 3, and he said, I set my face unto the Lord to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And so Daniel had been keeping track in Babylon, the years that they were there, when he understood that Jerusalem and the temple was burned to the ground, he understood that that must be the time at 70 years, the clock starts 70 years. And as he said, this is in the first year uh, of, of Darius. So this is around, Dan, Daniel got there in about 605 B.C., and so here, he's writing here, this is about 5.30. So Daniel's been in, been in Babylon for 70 years. He's an old man now. He's, he's approaching 100 years old. He's been in Babylon most of his life. And he's, he's realizing, he's reading, and this is why he sets his face to the Lord. Because he knows that the 70 years are just about up. According to his time clock, he realizes that, uh, 70 years is coming up. And so Daniel started praying to God, wondering what is Israel's future going to look like? What's going to happen after these 70 years at, that the word of God declared? And so God sends the angel Gabriel to deliver the news to Daniel. And this is what Daniel is told of what's going to happen, the future for Israel. Daniel 9.24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Seventy weeks, God tells Daniel, seventy weeks are given to Israel to finish the transgression, to make an end to sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to seal up vision and prophecy. Visions are going to come to an end. Prophecies will be fulfilled. And then to bring in everlasting righteousness and to anoint the most holy. Who does that refer to? There's only one that is holy, and that's God. And so 
he tells Daniel after 70 weeks, God is going to come and bring everlasting righteousness and an everlasting kingdom. 70 weeks, Daniel. Now, 70 weeks doesn't sound like a long time, but here, a week represents seven years. So Daniel, in 490 years, 70 times 7, the most holy is going to come and bring everlasting righteousness. Well, I'm sure Daniel was thinking, wow, that's great news. Great news, that means, that means the end of time. I mean, when God brings in everlasting righteousness that lasts forever, and you're going to anoint the most holy, I mean, what else is going to happen after that? There's nothing. Everlasting righteousness. God's going to rule. Uh, and so, uh, good news for Israel, but Daniel, being almost 100 years old, most likely won't be alive to see this happen. 490 more years, he's probably not going to make it. He didn't make it. And so 70 weeks, 490 years, God tells Daniel till the end, end of time. Okay, Lord, so does the 70 weeks begin today? Or, you know, I'd like to start to watch here. When does this start? Because this is great news. Uh, verse 25, uh, know therefore and understand that from the going forth, of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. That's 62 weeks and seven weeks. That's 69 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. And so this is so fascinating that Daniel is told when the Messiah is coming. If you say seven weeks and 62 weeks, the Messiah, the Prince, shall be there. And so here is the time clock. When the command to rebuild Jerusalem is declared, God says that's when the time starts. And it didn't happen, it didn't happen there. It happened when Cyrus was uh, the king uh, of Persia. He's the one in Nehemiah that made the declaration to go and to rebuild Jerusalem. And so whenever that happened... God's stopwatch started because he told Daniel 70 weeks. And so the time starts, seven weeks and 62 weeks, and the Messiah shows up. And, and, and so uh, God said there's 70 weeks in total, 490 years until God brings everlasting righteousness to the earth. And, and he says after 69 weeks, Messiah the Prince comes. It kind of makes sense. I mean, you got one week left. Messiah shows up, getting ready to roll, finish things out. Messiah shows up. He comes to Jerusalem with one week left, seven years. He's preparing for his kingdom to rule the world. Exciting news. Exciting news. We know when the Messiah is coming. So what's next, Lord? Verse 26. And after three score and two weeks... After the seven weeks and the three score and two weeks, shall Messiah be cut off? Whoops. After 69 weeks, the Messiah is going to be cut off. That doesn't sound good. 
You know what that means is that the Messiah is going to be killed. That's what the cutoff means. I mean, so after the 69 weeks, Messiah shows up and he's going to be cut off. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war of desolations are determined. Verse 27, and he, this is the prince that is to come, not the Messiah, because he was cut off. But a prince will come, uh, another prince. He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Now, if 69 weeks, Messiah is cut off, and then a prince comes and makes a covenant for one week, that, that makes 70 weeks, right? 69 weeks, Messiah gets killed, and then another one comes and makes a covenant for one week. And then it goes on to say, in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblation to cease. For the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, and even unto the consummation that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And so God is saying halfway through the last week, something happens called the abomination of desolation. Meaning that this prince who shows up in the 70th week, this prince goes into the temple of God and he declares himself to be God. Which will, and he will cause the animal sacrifices to stop because since he is declaring to be God, he's going to tell them, you stop offering sacrifices and you stop, start worshiping me because I am God. And so this will happen for three and a half years, the remainder of the 70th week. And so uh, until the 70th week is finished, and what happens after 70 weeks? The most holy comes, we anoint the most holy, and he brings in everlasting righteousness. And so this is all told to Daniel concerning the future of Israel. 70 weeks, Daniel, you got 490 years, and it's all going to be over. No more sin, no more transgression, no more iniquity, but peace on earth and everlasting righteousness will rule from Jerusalem, the throne there. And so here is the mystery in all of this. Picture number one is that the 70th week hasn't happened yet. The 70th week hasn't happened yet because we are told the 69th week the Messiah was killed. Jesus was killed, right? He was crucified. He's the Messiah. He was killed 2,000 years ago, and what are we still doing here? If the 70th week happened, where's the everlasting righteousness? Where's, where's the most holy anointed, anointed one? Shouldn't he be here ruling on the earth? But it hasn't happened yet because God hit pause. There's another gap of time. Israel had rejected him. Israel rejected the king of kings, and Jesus did not assume the throne of David because Israel killed him. He was killed. He was cut off in the 69th week. He was killed. And so by the grace of God, he hit pause. He says, okay, Israel rejected me. They killed me. And since Israel did not want anything to do with me, he hit pause, and he says, I'm going to go over this way, 
and I'm going to re- reveal the mystery, which is the church. The church is not going to reject me. My people did. But I'm going to go to the church, and I'm going to reveal this mystery that was hid from the beginning of time. And since my people, the Jews, have rejected me, I'm going to turn to the Gentiles and see if they will accept me or not. And so thus the times of the Gentiles, this, this gap in Israel's history that began after the Messiah was killed in the 69th week. And, and you know how we know that the 70th week hasn't happened yet is that Jesus was cut off in the 69th week. And let's say around 34 A.D. he was killed. Uh, and then uh, according to the word, the time clock of God, one week is left. Right after Jesus' death, that would mean a prince would come and make a covenant for one week. And then that would mean in the year 37 A.D., he would go into the temple and declare to be God. And then the year 40 A.D., the Most Holy would come and bring in everlasting righteousness. Well, history tells us that never happened. That never happened. If the temple was burned down in the year 70 A.D., And Jesus was killed in the 69th week and there was one week left. Why didn't all this happen in the year 40 A.D.? God must have hit pause. God must have said, hey, this is not, I'm hitting pause because I'm going to go and introduce this new plan to the world. It's called the church. My people rejected me. I got to go, I'm going somewhere else. And so history tells us that Jesus was killed, but nothing happened that. Forty years later, the temple was destroyed by the Romans. And so God hit pause on Israel's clock. And the church was birthed and spread all over the world because they believed in Jesus. They believed in Messiah. They believed in the power of his resurrection. So it's been 2,000 years And the church has been the front and center of God's attention while Israel's been wiped off the map. What happened after they killed the Messiah, they didn't survive much longer. Forty years or so and Israel's gone. Jerusalem destroyed, burned. What do you think think is going to happen when you kill the Messiah? Think you're going to stick around very long? And so for the past 2,000 years, Israel's been non-existent basically. Why? Because God says, I'm turning my attention to the church. Israel, you're on pause. You're in timeout. You're not being good. You killed me. You go to the timeout chair. I'm going to focus my attention and my love on the church. And so what would you expect uh, after killing the Messiah? And so that is why it is so critical right now in 2020. Because Israel is back on the world stage. Jerusalem has been restored. Things are happening. Why? Because God said there would be 70 weeks for Israel. And only 69 weeks have happened. He's still got one more week for Israel. And he hasn't hit play yet. And so God doesn't lie. His word accomplishes and prospers in that what it is sent to do. And so if God has to resurrect a scattered nation and bring it back to life and give it back to world power just to fulfill one final week, God will do that. He is able to do that. And and this final week is also known as the Great Tribulation. If you want to look into end time prophecy, 
everyone talks about Daniel's 70th week. Daniel's 70th week because it hasn't happened yet. There's a gap between the 69th week and the 70th week because God hit pause for Israel and says, I'm going to work on the church for now. And so um, this final week is known as the Great Tribulation, the final seven years on this planet as we know it. And this final week will be unimaginable. Half of the world's population is going to be killed. Four billion people gone. Talks about demons being released from the bottomless pit that torment people. You think the, the demons that we're battling now are bad. These demons were so wicked that God locked them up a long time ago. But they're going to be released in, these last, in the last week. He's going to release them and they're going to torment mankind. People will be begging to die from the pain of these demons. But God doesn't let anybody die. There will be blood up to a, a horse's bridle. What is that? How, how high is that? I don't know. Three or four feet maybe. There will be blood that high, four feet high, for 200 miles. It's a lot of blood. I, don't, I can't imagine. A lot of people got to die to have blood for 200 miles, four feet high. And Americans think that we're such a godly and righteous nation that we get to escape all of this. If God lets two-thirds of the Jews be slaughtered in the last days, why do we think that America will get a pass? We're crumbling right now as a nation. And wait till next month, November 3rd. And I think it doesn't really matter who wins. There's going to be riots and disorders in the streets. I think we're coming apart at the seams. November 3rd could be very well be the day that the Democratic Republic, the great American experiment, starts dying. If we're not already dead. Sad for America and the free world, but if that happens to coincide with the beginning of the final week, the final seven years of this world that was promised to Israel, well, then that's just the way it's going to be. When does this begin? When, when does this final week begin? God told Daniel the, in the 70th week, the beginning of the 70th week, a prince comes, a man comes and makes a treaty, a peace treaty. Confirms the covenant with Israel and the Arab nations. And I don't know if you paid attention to the news at all the past month, but something has been in the works called the Abraham Accord Peace Treaty. That Israel signed with United Arab Emirates and many others are talking about joining on peace treaties with Israel 